Hey everybody, it's afternoon of snack time where we give you a short, tasty tidbit to snack on. And today's topic is the K-drama miniseries Color Rush. Hey everybody. Hello. Hello. So I'm really glad that we are all in different states because I have not changed out of my running clothes today and I am a stinky, stinky podcast host. So I did a 5K that turned into longer than a 5K, like somewhere in the realm of probably a 6K because we got lost and I did it with my 10-year-old daughter. And it was like a virtual touchless race where like you were meant to like show up and just like run the course, I guess. And it sounded really good in theory, except I found the starting line in a bush because it had like fallen over where it was like, this is where you start. (laughs) And then it was gorgeous. It was like along the coast. But then like I've done the race in the past and I thought we went a different way and it wasn't really signed as well as it could have been. So I was like, no, we go this way. And then I guess my daughter stopped to tie her shoe and then I lost her and then I got upset, like scared. And then I found her, but then I got pissed because I ran a lot more trying to find her and was scared. So she was like, you said hell to me because I guess I found her. like what the hell (laughs) I'm like you're lucky that's all mommy said and then yeah anyway it was a bit of a disaster but at the end of the day you know what those were miles I had not gotten before today they definitely were not fast but they were fun and we saw sea otters and you did it you did your first 5k right like since you started training for it like yeah I've done them in the past but then I've been like a sedentary elephant seal through COVID (laughs) so I did do a 5k a couple of weeks ago too I was actually meant to in full disclosure do a 10k but then I was like who am I kidding like I call I had to call the race people and be like yeah that is that's not where I'm at right now I gotta downgrade my (laughs) status but you know what (laughs) Whatevs, it's fine. We hey, were I'm powered, proud of you. We were powered yeah, by congratulations. K-pop. Yes, thank yeah, you. Powered we're, by K-pop. That's we were awesome. listening. We were listening to beautiful, like yeah, beautiful. Yeah, my daughter it. was like, "Don't sing," because we're like on like a trail with other people, and I was like, "Come on, we got to keep it fun." She was like, "No, this is." Not I love fun. that song. I love when the deeper the deeper guy. Yes. Comes in and he's like boom, 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 and I'm you like, know yeah. how I, you know how I like those deep voices. I know, so. I know. His name is Wyatt, by the way. Yes, I know. Ooh, I did not know. I doubt he he wasn't born as Wyatt, but that's his like stage name. And you know what? Wyatt's like a name that like isn't in as many romance novels as you would think for being like a pretty hot. It's a good name. name. Yeah, it's, it's a good a name. trendy name right now. I know a, I, I have a couple friends who name their kids Wyatt. I actually used the name in a book for a dead brother. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> so not quite a romance here, but he was in a romance novel. I was just thinking note to self because I'm always like, yeah, trying to come up with like a good, you know, keep a backlog of good names and Wyatt. Yeah, don't forget about the Wyatts. <laughs> So let's move on to Color Rush instead of Dead Brothers and Books, <laughs> because we all really enjoyed this K-drama miniseries. And it was, okay, I'm going to tie it to books really quickly, that it was kind of like a novella, right? Like, I feel yes. like compared to like, you know, if I was going to make that analogy, it felt very much like a novella. Yeah, I mean, obviously a novella, you can't flush out everything. So usually a novella kind of focuses on one thing, which so obviously this uh, miniseries did really heavily focus on the relationship between the two boys. So I can give a brief summary of Color Rush. Good luck. Um, Yeah, please, you do it because it is it's not easy (laughs) to like summarize it. It is a gay romance because it's between two high school boys. But the whole premise is very interesting. And it's what the premise was one of the things that drew me to it the most. In this world, there is a minority of people who are considered monos. What that means is they can only see in grayscale. If they somehow meet their probe, 
as it's called, which it's almost like a faded mate type relationship. If they meet their probe, because there's sort of like one probe for every mono, then they'll be able to see color. Like, so if the probe is with them, if they look into their probe's face, then the world will come into color. But they set it up very quickly in the beginning that it's not always a good thing to meet your probe because there is sort of an obsessive quality to it. Some of the monos, when they meet their probes, they almost go a little crazy because they become obsessed with their probe and they become obsessed with seeing the world in color and not having it go back to grayscale. They mentions that some monos can kill their probes and eat them. That's literally yeah. In the show. It's not like they kind of go crazy. They can literally go back. They can literally kill them, crazy. right? And eat them. And so the boy who's a mono, he's in school. His mom is a mono, and his mom is missing. Anyway, he says he never wants to meet his probe because he doesn't want to be like that. But one thing that he really wants is to be able to see this picture of his mother again. His mother is missing. He lives with his aunt, and he knows that. The picture's in color. He knows that his mother's headband is yellow and her lips are red and her shoes are brown, but he cannot see it. And that's kind of one of his lifelong goals is to see it. So he goes to a new school one day and he meets another kid. And turns out when the kid lowers his mask and they look at each other in the eyes, he gets what's called a color rush. In the show, it's very pretty. His eyes kind of almost get kaleidoscopy and the world comes into color. And so it's a story about how it's a little scary for him because he's a teenager and kind of the relationship of these two boys. I love the idea of a sort of novella type K-drama. And like you said, the fact that they aren't able to get a lot of the story out there, kind of, I, I like that because you just jump right in, right? You just jump right into the main action of the story, which is literally, you know, on his first day at this new school, he meets his probe and, oh crap, what am I going to do? Because the color rush literally knocks him out. Like he faints. He can't handle it. It gives him a terrible headache. And yeah, I just, I love that it jumps right in. And I did leave a note that I did want to mention just really quickly that, so when he faints, he ends up in the nurse's office. And I think one of the most believable, and I saw this actually, I'm not even like coming up with this. I was watching it having the same thought though, as like when on Vicky, I'd left the comments going for some reason, was too lazy to turn it off. And somebody had like written in the comments in Vicky, like the fact that this school nurse just doesn't give a flying like fudgesicle about these kids coming into the <laughs> office is the most relatable part of this K-drama. And it was like, fact, they were in that, that nurse's office all the time. And, and I they were like tr treating each other's wounds because yeah. the nurse the nurse just isn't there she, or she'd just be like yeah just go back there and like whatever it's fine <laughs> and then like at one point i like that she walked in to do an inspection and she just like opened the one kid's eyes really big and was like yep you're fine and like walks back <laughs> out so yeah i don't i don't know she was like definitely like hanging out in like the break room somewhere not super worried and the kids were like fixing each other's boo-boos but one thing i did want to talk about that i was curious is that i saw like i've seen a couple of like criticisms about the show where people kind of called it out for having kind of like glamorizing like more of like an obsessive component to the relationship and for me it didn't hit me in that way like I think there was that component but it didn't hit me that way because a they were younger like they both had like equal I think like power in the show because they were both like high school boys it wasn't like one was older or anything like that and then when you find out that the probes situation is that they have face blindness. So I do love that because I think this is now, is this like my third K-drama with face blindness? Like it's a pandemic happening in K-drama. <laughs> and so anyway, the probe has face blindness, but can only see the mono's face. So he's very obsessed with the mono. And then the mono's obsessed, obviously, with the probe because the probe 
gives him entry into the world of color. So I felt like it balanced out. And I'm just curious of your thoughts of like the obsessive criticisms that we've seen about the show and like what you thought about it. It didn't bother me at all because I feel like that's a very teen thing in general. Like when you have your first crush or your first love when you're a teen, it is all consuming. So it didn't bother me because they were both as equally obsessed with the other. So I didn't feel like there was any danger to it. I didn't feel like it was over the top. It just kind of read as teen romance to me. Yeah, I agree. It read as teen romance and it nothing about it felt like icky or I feel like they were almost obsessed in a, in a very like innocent way. Like it also wasn't I think it would have been different too if it was like super sexual in a like and it has nothing to do with whether they were both boys or both girls or a boy and a girl or a boy and non-binary. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I just meant like it's not like they were like consummating yeah. their relationship yeah. and was turning into it, that. Yeah. It wasn't about that. I felt like they were obsessed in a way that still felt sort of pure and innocent. The probe just wanted to be around the mono and he wanted to he wanted to teach him colors. And I was like, it's so like, how can you think that that's like obsessive in a dark way? Like he just wanted to right. hang out with him and teach him colors. Like it was so cute. I liked it because as, as as Leah said, it felt equal. Like it didn't feel like one had power over the other. They were both kind of figuring each other out. And yeah, it felt like very like young love teenager way. I do. I mean, I do think this could have been way darker if you would have had adults. And even if you would have had like a super alpha male with like a like a meek or female or even reverse, I think it could have been much darker. But I feel like the use of teen boys or just teenagers in general was a good choice, I think, for the premise and made it not seem dark, in my opinion. Another question I have is, I don't mean to just keep dropping the F-bombs today, so I'm going to try not to. I wrote in some notes that I wanted to talk about and I kept dropping it. So how the F does the probe know like a hundred shades of brown and blue? Like I was sitting there and he's like, tan, whiskey brown, caramel, toffee, bronzed, and I was like, what the, f-? And like, and then I was like, oh, that's good. And then I was like, kept going. And I was like, is he like Benjamin Moore? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <Benjamin> <laughs> Moore. I have to be honest. I was, I was kind of obsessed. I watched the, I watched the clip again because I had watched it a little bit ago. So when I knew we were going to talk about it for the snack, I kind of watched like a few clips on YouTube. And I have to admit, I love listening to him with the color wheel, like <laughs> reading off because he's like purple blue, like with his like Korean yeah. You know, I actually like could have listened to that guy read off colors like for an hour. Like it was like, I don't know, just the way his like voice was. Well, I I will say to the probe, the actor who plays the probe is a former idol. So like it was kind of fitting too because he's very, he's extremely pretty, extremely good looking for, you know, like a 20 year old boy. He, so it was like believable. But yeah, listening to him rattle off colors was pretty cool. Yeah, I felt like it could have been like one of those like nighttime meditation things where you just sit there and they're like ochre. <laughs> and well, he he does say that he memorized them for yeah for, which was the, for the mono but even still even still like overnight he memorizes this and i just i do want to throw out there because i did write it down so we can mention them the actor who played the pro was ho hyun june and the actor who played the mono is hong tae wee so just want to put it their names out there because they were fantastic <laughs> or or you know Benjamin Moore. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I've got a, just like a couple of questions because, okay, so at the end of the day, like when I finished this, in some ways I was like, look, it's kind of a five out of five for me just because like of what it was. Like, I mean, like I went in with like no expectations and was like, this is such a weird little show. And I was like, really, I just enjoyed it so much. But like, yeah, there were like some minor things that even in a novella length, like they could have explained a little more. And so I'm, I have some thoughts because like, 
we've heard that they might be doing a second season. I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, because I felt like we got like no closure with what happened to the mom. And I kind of think that's important. Like she's missing and they spend enough time talking about the fact she's missing. He's living with his aunt who like can't stop searching for her. Why is she missing? Yeah, I need a season two. Exactly. We're like DM, whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, well, but what about mom? (laughs) Never gets, never gets resolved. I know. It's literally like it's like a slice of life where she's still missing. And it's like, OK, I guess so. <laughs> but I, I agree. I thought that, too, because like there was all and there was a whole thing where he wanted to be able to see the color of the headband she wore when she went missing. That was like a really big because she wore it. Right. Am I, I? She wore it like when she went missing and he wanted to be able to see it. He could then because, I mean, obviously he brought the probe over and they looked at his mom's picture and everything. But yeah, I same. I'm like. But that was it. But Leah, let's talk about. Thank you. I know where you're going. Okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about Grandpa Kid because he was your favorite. <laughs> Grandpa Kid was okay. I mean, I loved the Mono and Probe. They were so cute, and I just had like all the feels, especially like their like back hug in the rain. But Grandpa Kid. Oh, I know. Grandpa Kid just, what the hell was Grandpa Kid? Okay, so let me just try to set up what Grandpa Kid was. There's like, the mono starts the school, like goes in the first day. It's an all boys school. He's come in. We've got Idol Boy, who's going to be the probe love interest in the back, always with a stuffed lobster, which fine. Okay, that was cute. Then there's like a very pretty like class president. And then class president's bestie is this like tall kid who honestly, to me, looked a lot like intern Amugi. <laughs> from Hail the Nine Tailed and no, you anyone wish you just are always thinking of Intern Amugi. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still hung up on Intern Amugi. I felt like they could have been cousins. They felt related. And anyway, he, there was like this throwaway comment like out of the gate of like, well, what does grandpa have to say about that? And I was like, oh, that's kind of like weird, you know, going along. And then like soon I started to realize like there's literally apparently a old man living in this child like grandpa there's a grandfather just in him like a spirit and grandpa grandpa spirit is just like and like it's not even really like a thing like because i went back to like amy and megan we're like what the hell is this like grandpa kid and they're like it's not really a part of the show and i'm like but then that's even crazier like just randomly there's like a grandfather and like to the point that like the kid shows up once with like baked goods like well grandpa thought everyone might get a little bit hungry so like <laughs> here's some snacks grandpa's just like the sage wisdom in it's <laughs> part of the show it's like there's never explained yes yeah. <laughs> And so for me, I, like the same as I stand in Turnamugi from Tale of the Nine-Tailed so hard, I was like, are we getting a spinoff on Grandpa Kid? Because I cannot, I mean, like I, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Grandpa Kid at all. <laughs> I would rather say goodbye to the missing mother and just be like, look, life happens and there's questions, but I need more Grandpa Kid. So- Season two is all Grandpa Kid. Yeah. That's what we hope. <sighs> yeah. And I never thought I would want a Grandpa Kid story, but now that I'm in it, I like need to know more about Grandpa Kid. You don't know until Grandpa Kid shows up that you always wanted Grandpa Kid. I always life. wanted like I want Grandpa Kid to be my best friend. I'm like Grandpa, give me impart some like sage wisdom, dropping it through like this like 15 year old kid in a school uniform. So I do want to mention I was like really happy that we got like a school where like people weren't getting beat up. Like, can we talk about how it was like a nice school setting where the class president was nice and grandpa kid was nice and no one was getting like slapped or milk poured on them or something. And there were teachers. They actually yeah, had educators. Okay, the school nurse. But I mean, again, relatable. Like the school yeah, nurse I was say really refreshing to see a, a, a school scene in a Korean drama where like people were nice to each other. Zero bullying. It was zero bullying. And then, Amy, I know that you wanted to touch on one of your faves that happened in K drama. So this is your time. <laughs> so to I've noticed. 
Yeah, I've noticed it twice now. And I, I didn't say anything about it when we were watching Healer because I was just like, oh, okay, that's a thing. But then in Color Rush, and I'm the only one of the three of us who noticed this, is that in the Mono's apartment, in their living room, they have a Union Jack area rug. And as soon as I saw that, I went back to Healer where they have in the office of the news station where the heroine works, they have a Union Jack like mini fridge. So I guess Union Jack is just you know, common decor. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in any other dramas since, but I can't get over the Union Jack and why is it there? I think stay on the case and maybe by that year end, 2021, like, wrap up, we can see how many Union Jacks did we spy. I'll keep investigating. But yeah, so two Union Jacks so far. And if you're and listening, email us, you know, at Afternoon of Delight Podcast at Gmail and let us know another drama that has a Union Jack. We'll put it on Amy's watch list. And then, yeah, I think the last thing that I want to touch on before we move on to our fun K-drama plotting game is, okay, so eventually the mono does give in to like some of their darker impulses and that they like kind of workshop the idea of like kidnapping the probe and what that would be like. And it was, <laughs> it was probably like the cutest kidnapping plot scene I've ever seen in my life. Like he I goes know. to the hardware store and he's like, so I got the zip ties and some rope. And I guess this wrench and hammer, I'm like, are you gonna, like, what? And just like, it felt very like innocent. Like, I guess I'm going to be doing some kidnapping. And then, like, he gives it to the guy at the, behind the counter at the hardware store. Who's all like knowing like, yeah, you're going to be like doing something like. You're going to be tying up some probes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the look he gives him. I don't know. Does any, did that jump out to anyone else? Like he Googled kidnapping kit and then went out and bought the stuff. It was like so weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think he had any idea how he was going to use some of the stuff. And like then he was just like, I guess you need a hammer. Yeah. Like at some point, maybe I have to clobber someone in the head. I don't know. But I guess you need a hammer. And, and then the wrench got me even more. I'm like, what are you going to do with the wrench? Are you going to like take oh, right. out? Like, well, actually, I'm not even sure what you do with the wrench. Megan, you're the one doing house jobs right now. Like, is a wrench to take out a screw? Like, what do you do with it? Or no, it's to like tighten a pipe, it's right? A it's like to take to tighten or loosen a bolt but like where are you finding bolts like that's not i guess you're just looking to beat someone and then like if you're eating the probe the other question i had with like that they never got into is like then does the colors live in the mono or is the mono like oh shit <laughs> like you know i've like eaten my probe and like that's it for me <laughs> i know they don't they don't touch on that okay. i do think it, it, when he's like he's like practicing tying the rope like on his wrists and i think those scenes were supposed to be super like dark to us but i was like oh my god he's like learning how to tie knots like it's just i know i was you like know, look at you getting into the bdsm it's gonna be so fun for you yeah. in a couple more years oh <laughs> he had such like a like a like a baby face so it was just kind of a little hard to like take him seriously as like being like any nasty you know what i mean he was just like he was just yeah, an innocent him. He was just an innocent little mono who wanted to see his mom's pictures. But I thought the relationship with the probe ended up being very sweet. I, and I th think it, I thought that it was kind of a cool twist that he had face blindness and that they like kind of needed each other. Because I was at the beginning like, why is the probe so like, is he just trying to be a do-gooder and wants to like teach colors? Like, what's the deal? And I remember like that that was odd to me. And then when they explained, oh, why face blindness and you're the only face I could see, I was like, oh, well, now it makes sense. That's, that's kind of a cool plotting choice. And I really liked it. It was fun. And it was nice to see that he was the pursuer in the whole relationship. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, it ended very sweetly. And they both other than the way that they felt about each other emotionally, they gave each other something that enriched their lives more, right? Yeah, like the right. mono could see color and the probe could see basically his, his mate's face. And that was really sweet. There's consensus among us on the pod that we think folks should check out Color Rush on Vicky. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a very sweet story. And it's like a perfect little like snack. Yeah. Like and you could probably watch it in a night or definitely in two. 
I watched it in a night because I'm me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I watched it. In, I watched it in one sitting. Yeah. yeah. So we introduced this segment last week. So we're doing a build your own K-drama game, kind of. So last week, Amy and Leah gave me descriptions of hero and heroine, the setting, the tropes. And I had to come up with basically a short like blurb of a K-drama. So they do not know what I've come up with yet. And so I'm just going to recap real quick what they told me. So the hero was a telepathic con artist. The heroine was a wealthy heiress who is also kind of like a Robin Hood. Setting was Busan. The tropes were forced proximity and enemy to lovers. The antagonist is a hundred-year-old evil sorcerer. And details is hero has a corgi and heroine has a pet falcon. (laughs) So I just want to remind everyone that I write alien romance. So I'm used to writing some pretty weird shit, okay? So... (laughs) This was up my alley and I'm pretty excited about it. So I do not have a title, which maybe we can talk about that, but I'm going to read the blurb. I got really excited. I'm just going to say I wrote like five paragraphs. I hope you listen. I hope you like it. So, all right, you guys ready? Go for it. Excited. You listening? Okay. Kang Ji-hun has made a deal with a sorcerer in exchange for the telepathic ability needed for him to find his first love whom he met at an orphanage as a child. He must do the sorcerer's bidding, which comes in various forms of cons. His current mission is to play intern at HJ Foods, which owns the largest chain of fried chicken restaurants in Korea. He is to secure employee records kept by the chairwoman. Han Wua is not a fan of the new intern. He's snarky, terrible at his job, and is too good looking that he's distracting all the staff. One night after hours, on the way back to her office to retrieve her pet falcon's favorite toy, she boards the elevator with Kang Ji-hun. Except they never make it to her office because as they ride to the 33rd floor, the elevator gets stuck. Kang Ji-hun needs the records from her office, and he'd been hoping to sneak in and out quickly, not end up trapped in an elevator with her. But as the time ticks on while they wait for rescue, he finds she's not the snobby and mean chairwoman he previously thought. When she falls asleep on his shoulder, he decides to make physical contact, which is what he needs to read her mind. Except he finds that she's the only one he cannot reach telepathically. He searches through her purse and uses her fingerprint to read her phone, where he finds she's not the cold, money-hungry woman he thought she was. She's actually been swindling funds to send to orphanages around the country. (laughs) in her wallet he finds a faded photo of her as a child and he's in the photo too it was taken at the orphanage and she's his first love when jihun tells the evil sorcerer he can't finish the job and he's done working for him now that he's found his first love the sorcerer decides to look into wuwa's past she's also who he has been looking for he spends every night in hell drowning over and over again and the only way to break the curse is to kill his last living heir his last heir is none other than wuwa one night Wuha's driving home and her brakes won't work. Her car drives off a bridge and she plunges into an icy river. Her hawk circles overhead, unable to help. Jihun, driving on his badass motorcycle, sees her hawk in the air and bubbles in the water. He and his corgi dive into the water. His corgi (laughs) gnaws... His corgi gnaws through her seatbelt so Jihun can get her to safety on the shore. Jihun and his beloved pet corgi must protect Wuha from her distant relative, all while keeping his identity a secret. Because if he tells her the truth, he has to admit he led the sorcerer into her life. He's also worried that she will try to desperately connect with her only living relative, even if it leads to her death. Okay, first of all, applause. Amazing. But I do... Yes. I love, though... (laughs) And we're keeping this in... I love that the falcon changed to a hawk mid blurb. I, I, oh, I, like, <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> oh god! Whatever. I know. I'm prey. Okay. It's amazing. I love it. That is so fun. That is so K drama. I would 100 percent watch it. Right. 
Yeah, yeah I, I would too. I think what I really appreciated that you brought to it was the fact that the telepathic con artist worked for the dark sorcerer. I thought yes. that was a nice, nice touch. I'm ready. I need to know what's going to happen. Super more. fun. I yeah. would write the whole thing. So someone pay me <laughs> and I will write this entire K-drama with Amy and Leah. So do we have um, any? Where are you? Like, we're ready. Do we have any yeah. title title ideas from Megan? No. Oh. Yeah. I need, I need titles. That's the only thing I didn't do. I the, fal- them the Falcon and the Hawk. Ooh. <laughs> Falcon question mark Hawk question mark. We could do like maybe it'd just be Bird of Prey. That sounds like a weird K drama. Oh, that court- would that would be Ooh, really like- good, Bird of Prey. Or what about? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I got a dad joke here, but what about like in Corginito? <laughs> <laughs> i had i had a lot of fun writing that so anyway i hope Bird that, of prey, though i think yeah there we go i think i'm gonna make a graphic for instagram and i think we should post the blurb and just like have people read it i just i'm curious if people, I, I, I you know what i mean yeah no i absolutely think so too we'll have to figure out like a way to like condense it a, like there we've got to figure out a way to shorten some of it because i don't know if you can post that all on like our instagram so definitely do check our instagram at afternoon of delight podcast on instagram and we are going to post yeah i think some graphics and like the whole blurb and talk about it because i love it who doesn't like a bad guy in hell you know nightly right? who is like god i gotta just kill that last heir who happens i to mean be. it's like wait sisyphus right isn't yeah. that Sisyphus. Oh, there's actually um, a K drama out right now called Sisyphus, not Sissy Foots. Sissy Foots. <laughs> Yours could be called Sissy Foots. Sissyfoots, I said. It's not Sissy at all. It's Sisyphus. Sisyphus. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I even took Latin in school. I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe we'll have to leave out the water rescue on Instagram. I just really like the water rescue. That really felt and no, it's great. And and we'll do this again. We'll do this in our next snack. We'll assign either Leah or I to do the same thing. And we're gonna we're gonna keep playing this game. Yeah, let us fun. know if you like it because I think it's fun. And email Netflix and tell them to pay us. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, not, not, no, no, you're, you're not kidding. actually dead serious. If you want to watch Bird of Prey, <laughs> hashtag incognito. Incognito. <laughs> incognito. <laughs> I mean, the hero, he definitely has like the corgi like in a backpack on oh, his God, back. I thought you were going to say the name of the corgi. corgi. Wait, like, what? I thought you were going to say you were going to say rides of the corgi. Oh, I was like, no. oh my god, is he also like a leprechaun? <laughs> Definitely rides his motorcycle with his corgi on the back with little goggles. Like that Oh my corgi gosh, that's amazing. Cor- yeah. The corgi has goggles? Oh, absolutely the corgi oh, has Oh my goggles. god. And a helmet. He's, He's got to have a, a helmet. helmet. Yes. Okay, Netflix. <laughs> and clearly can for, dive under. For fudge's sake, Netflix, we need this. And this would be like the opening montage for the show, right? Like a little cartoon pictograph of like the corgi, like in the hero, like, you know, driving around on their motorcycle. And then, in like, Cor- a, in Corginito. a falcon hawk flying above. <laughs> maybe, maybe a falcon and a, mo- and a hawk made it. Maybe it's a falk. <laughs> a falk. <laughs> it should be a falk. Yeah. Falking hell is what we would call it. Falking hell. Or we could do falking uh, corgis. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It's not that kind of drama. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> well, thank you, Megan. That was a pleasure. My only sadness is I can't go click on watch it right now. Your suggestions were very fun. So thank you. So just really quickly, I guess, what's everyone watching before we say goodbye? I'm watching uh, My Love from the Star. 
with Kim Soo Hyun as a 400 plus year old alien about to return home. And then of course meets his fated mate. So, so far so good. I'm three episodes in and I'm really enjoying it. I'm watching Itaewon class and I'm like a little over halfway. I really love it. It's very fascinating. There's definitely romance in it, but it's really an ensemble cast and I love them all. I am bracing myself because I can like feel them setting up this like heartbreak and I'm almost like not ready for it. So I said earlier today, I feel like I'm playing chicken with Itaewon class. Like who's going to fold first? Like it's going to be me. But like, who's going to fold and like keep going? Because I'm just like a little terrified of what it's going to do to me. These characters have just fought so hard and um, I hope they keep fighting. But yeah, so I'm I'm loving it. I'm just scared. That's all. <laughs> so I started Run On this morning. That's going to be an upcoming pod. And my daughter and I got through most of the first episode. I'm still recovering from When the Camellia Blooms. Last night I finished it and loved it. And we'll be talking about that soon. And I do have to out myself that apparently I've just accepted that I'm going like full cougar madness because I'm also watching now on Vicky a show called Traveler, except it's Traveler 2. And it's basically, um, <laughs> I can't even believe I'm going to admit it. It's um, Kong <laughs> who's the hero from When the Camellia Blooms, traveling through Argentina with like two friends and kind of it's like a variety show, but they just have like some cameras and they're traveling. And I just am like, I guess I'm just going to watch that now because I'm in this madness and need more of this if Kim Woo Bin is on that show, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm deep in this madness right now and it just needs to happen. So well, sorry, everyone. So the hero from When the Camellia Blooms is Kong Newell, right? Yeah. Is that how you say his name? Kong Han, then Kong Han, Han Newell. Oh, I mixed the things. Okay. And so I'm watching Itaewon Class, which the hero is Park Seo Joon, and they are in Midnight Runners together. And so weird because I didn't even know but it came up in my YouTube recommendation I just watched a short clip and it looks hilarious it I, honestly I think we should watch it then because yeah, it looks funny watch when you're done with it one class and we can like get yeah. like our fanning out because yeah I think honestly I mean I don't know I'm sorry Gong Yu but I think there's just like a new number one fave for me in town I'm gonna even like say that might be where I'm headed <laughs> hey I'm happy okay. for you yeah, it's okay. he will understand. He'll yeah, understand. he's got plenty of he's fans. Got, he's got Amy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he will always have me. But I, yeah. I've kind of, I've like, I've like got like three tops, you know, in my pocket now that just sandwich Wait, me between them all. So it's Kim Woobin, Lee Min Ho, and Gong, and Gong Yu. Yu. Right? Yeah, okay. you I'm know me so forming. well. <laughs> I'm still forming my tops. Ji Chang Wook is probably is at, still at the top, but there's a lot coming on. <laughs> bubbling i know i I can't help at this point like i'm trying not to get into like heavy thirst trapping but like sometimes why 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 fight it like (sighs) you know yeah i was thinking about this in my run today and i was like you know what it's just the heart sometimes wants what the heart wants and apparently i'm like you know it's fine i'm 10 years older than like this person i'm listening for and that's totally fine like that's legit still i'm not like it's not it's not too bad i can justify this to myself 10 years yeah you can yeah all right we're gonna end there because it's more years for me so we're we're done we're done everybody you know good job on your show because it was really good (laughs) thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next time thank you for listening to afternoon of delight make sure to subscribe for more great k-romance conversation and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon of Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and, of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong! Annyeong!